So I'm here with Carlos Morales of the Eastside Bike Club, which I guess is you you founded that or you were an original member? Yeah, I actually uh, founded it back in June uh, 2008. Wow, that's like bef- just that's uh, before I started Bike Talk, but same year. Um, and you are also the owner of Stan's Bike Shop. Correct. Stan's Bike Shop in Asusa, California. And you had a movie made there recently or some involving you in the in Yeah, the there's, a, there's a new documentary uh, coming up. It's going to be a, a debut in over 300 theaters nationwide. Uh, it's called Mammal, uh, and it's middle-aged men in Lycra. And that's a word in the dictionary now, you said. Yeah, they just, uh, Mammal became a... A word, and it got uh, incorporated in the Oxford Dictionary. The Oxford Dictionary. Yeah, really? pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Cyclists are moving up. And, and the language is ever-changing. Yes, yes it is. So where do you want to start with all this? Uh, also, you have the gold line. Did they open up after you got the shop at the, the station near you, or did you – it was right about the same time you opened your, sh- your new shop? Actually, I moved the shop um, to get close to the gold line. Um, but it was already uh, open. Oh, let me. That's a cool ringer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They. You moved the shop. Yeah, I, I moved the shop to get closer to the to the Gold Line station. Um, uh, previously, I was in Monrovia for five years. Okay. And I was a mile away from the Metro Gold Line Monrovia station, and exactly a mile away from the Arcadia station as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the a gold line was opening up. I did see a, a surge of uh, cyclists that were excited to commute to work, uh, come in um, mostly to repair their bikes. A couple bought new bikes and, and accessories, lights and bells and whistles and all that stuff. Um, real exciting time. I was expecting, uh, I did see a, a surge of people come in when, when it opened. I was expecting more. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now that I moved 200 feet versus a mile away, uh, big, big difference. Mm, yeah. Huh. Like, what's it like? Um, it's exciting. Every day we get uh, brand new people coming into the store that's finding out about it. They're excited that we're uh, walking distance from uh, uh, the Metro Gold Line. Um, they're, we Believe it or not, we've had people call me from East Los Angeles, uh, downtown L.A., mm. um, um, the J-Town, Chinatown. Why does someone call from downtown L.A. when there's bike shops closer? Yeah, um, because we're the closest one. We're 200 feet from the gold line. And if you have mm. a broken chain, a flat oh. tire, you don't want to be walking your bike for a couple of blocks. So it could be easier, even if you live <laughs> closer to another bike store, but but closer still to a metro to take it to your shop. Exactly. And, and um, I... First, the first call I got, I really didn't. I said, "Wow, that's strange," but it actually happens pretty often, more than I would ever expect. So people would, mm-hmm. if they're broken down, they jump on the train, uh, tell me they're 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 coming in and they're there in you know twenty minutes, half hour, and they they're just excited uh, how close we are in proximity to the 
to the train station. What was that? I came to your shop, your new shop, one time, and it was at the Ciclavia, the really epic, long Ciclavia. What was that? That was Golden Streets. Golden and Street, uh, right. actually, we planned the grand opening of a Stan's Bike Shop in Asusa uh, around that. I thought it was going to be a good marketing plan because we know we're going to have cyclists in, in our backyard. And uh, so we, we planned the opening of Stan's Bike Shop during, uh, during that time. And how did that go? That was amazing. Yeah. We, a lot of uh, uh, friends from all over, God, Los Angeles, Orange County, and, and the San Gabriel Valley came to, to say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty exciting times. I was uh, probably one of the best marketing moves I've ever done. Really? Yeah. So, and now it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, that is a good t- coinciding uh, between Golden Streets and your and your opening, is Golden Streets not a Ciclavia? Um, well, it is a um, event like Ciclavia, but it's a different organization put on by the San Gabriel Valley Bike Coalition, which okay. has been doing some amazing stuff. I mean, uh, but it was a partnership between multiple cities, right? Uh yes. It, yeah, it, it's been the longest Ciclavia type of event um, ever. It was a little over 17 miles from South Pasadena to, to Asusa, right right behind the bike shop. And there was there was all kinds of how does it how did that stack up to a Ciclavia? That you know what? Um they actually it was amazing. There was literally thousands of people out on the street despite uh, a cold a cold day, despite the, the rain. The rain, yeah. Um and there was still people coming in. Yeah. I mean, pretty exciting. And it's beautiful up there with the, what's that, uh, The is that a river or was that just a riverbed? The San Gabriel, was it the San Gabriel? Oh, it's the um, Rio, the Rio Hondo, or the, the, San, the San Gabriel Valley yeah. Trail is right there. Very scenic. A lot of people uh, use that recreational facility. And then the bike shop, we are on Asusa Avenue, which is also known as Highway 39. Highway 39 extends from Asusa, the foothills of the San Gabriel Valley, all the way down to uh, Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's it called? Uh, Surfing USA. Uh, I forgot the name of the what they what what Huntington Beach uses, but uh, yeah. So Highway 39. So now we branded our 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 bike shop around that uh, Highway 39 theme. Um, we have a lot of people coming up uh, to go to East Fork. Uh, Cogswell Dam, Morris Dam, uh, all the way to Crystal Lake, and this is the uh, well, this is the street that they could use to go up there. So we tell people we're the first shop before you leave civilization, or we're the first shop when you come back to civilization, uh, going up the uh, the San Gabriel Mountain Range. Huh. And do you go up there ever? Um, it's been, oh, it's, it's been like about two years since I've I've gone up. Huh. Pretty neat. Uh, Emma just went. The Eastside Bike Club came over last year, and they did a Tuesday night ride, and it was pretty neat. We also got uh, some Asusa Police Department officers go up with the group. Uh, they they have a cycling group, and it was a lot of fun. And so the East Eastside Bike. Sorry, I'm getting confused with Eastside Riders. Eastside, but it is it, Eastside Bike Club. Yes. Um, <coughs> they they're still going strong. Yeah, you know what? When I started this back in 2008, I started it to as a, a mechanism to help me lose uh, some weight um, with eight of my friends and a couple of LAPD 
uh, Hollenbeck officers that were on bike. And um, never in my wildest dreams I would ever think that the club will still be going uh, as strong as it is 10 years later. And we've been involved with a lot of things, not just bike riding. We've been doing uh, bike education, bike safety. Uh, we do commuter classes, uh, touring classes, uh, a, a good variety of things. We've uh, gone to City Hall to uh, uh, voice our 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 opinion, and uh, we when we feel that cyclist rights are not being uh, uh, or they're being abused, then we'll we'll try to step up and and help people out. And we've also done our share of protest that we're uh, I guess pretty famous for. Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, um, last the Gil the Gil Cedillo stuff where Which we actually that, the Charlie Concedillo was that you Charlie Concedillo I was oh. part of that it wasn't my, my I wish I uh, that that really was done by uh, Jaime uh, Jaime and Kate which are members of the Eastside Bike Club and uh, Joseph with the flying pigeon and then we we went in the the fig for all people and it was just a, a lot of cyclists uh, in the area that were. Dis- very disappointed with uh, Councilman Gil Cedillo's promise uh, to build the infrastructure for pedestrians and cyclists. And uh, as soon as he got elected, he pulled back. Uh, we would go out to uh, send him emails, phone calls to his offices, go see him at City Hall. He completely ignored us. So mm-hmm. I came up with the idea, um, okay, he's not listening to us. Uh, we've done everything to try to do it the right way. So I said, let's go uh, pay him a visit. On a Sunday morning, about 100 cyclists got together. We took a ride from Highland Park to City Hall, um, took some photos there, and then from there we went to um, Gilsa Deal's residence out in uh, downtown L.A. and gave him a wake-up call at uh, 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And, and he's been punishing cyclists ever since. Yeah, he's been calling us uh, bullies and the one percenters, and that's amazing because we're the ones that are not getting the attention. Well, and he's really how he's really pro development. You know, all of the forces that are being linked to gentrification, while sort of positioning himself as being anti gentrification or something. Yeah, his uh, what he says and what his actions are two different. Things. I guess I don't. You know what? I, I'm not the one. But. Yeah, no, two. Yeah, no, you 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 nailed it. What what he what he says and what he does uh, uh, at City Hall is two different things, and a lot of people are just getting just getting tired of the lies. But to stay on the positive side of things, there's this movie. We could talk about that for a sec. Sure. So there's there's a movie called uh, Mammal, and basically um, Mammal follows about, um, I want to say about a dozen cyclists throughout the world, uh, uh, three groups here in the United States, and we're one of the groups. Mm. The other, uh, there's maybe a three or four groups from Australia, and then it goes into the UK and Europe, and they follow a couple of groups over there. And basically, it's a documentary to um, see why has there been a big surge, a big movement of people in their middle age, um, for, you know, between 40 and 50, a lot of the people that we're seeing in, in the being interviewed and, and such, they're actually going into their 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, why the film the film explores why are these people doing that? Why are people, uh, during, the, during the week, they are uh, uh, 
they have white collar jobs or or what have you, and then on the weekends they they take off whatever suit they're wearing and uh, there's lycra underneath. Put on put on the lycra, yeah, and and challenge themselves and and ride in groups and in packs. Um, so it it explores that, um, even though the the film uh, spans uh, a lot of the the, the world and different continents. Um, there's a common, very common, uh, I guess, uh, element that brings us all all together, even though we don't know each other. Um, but it's uh, basically the the message is to save our save our lives. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you do, and how do you mean? Um, health health wise, uh, and it could be not only losing weight; it could be uh, just uh, stress at work, stress at uh, at home. Uh, it could be recovering from an illness, uh, diabetes, cancer, um, lots of lots of different different so, things. So a lot of times, you know, people, you know, dudes in lycra, middle-aged dudes in lycra, is <laughs> yeah. actually like a epithet. You know, almost you know, you dismiss a whole class of cyclists, sort of, to point out that that's not wh- what you're about as a cyclist. You know, I'm I'm not that, but. That would be a mistake. Yes, it would be. Because you know what? Um, there was a, a, a gentleman, I hope he's listening. His name is uh, Raymond Sandoval. He's a class of uh, 73 at Wilson High School. So mm-hmm. we're, both of us went to the same high school. And uh, he, he came in and he said that he just did a ride and everybody around them was wearing Lycra and he, he, he loves to golf. And he, he just rides in golf shirts and everybody had the arrow bars and, and the skin tight stuff. And he was just in shorts. And, and so he kept looking around and, and he says, well, those guys are cyclists and I'm a bicyclist. And I says, no, you're a cyclist as well. And there's a big old uh, uh, misconception that because mm-hmm. you're not wearing the Lycra doesn't make you a cyclist. And I, right. and I disagree. I disagree. Everyone's a cyclist. You get on a bike. No matter if you're just going for one mile or you're doing the uh, hundred miles, you're doing a century ride, you're still a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's this idea that like the, the kind of the, the bike advocate type of person or the commuter, those are the ones who are pushing forward the bike advocacy and getting the lanes put in and things like that. But yes. I, maybe more than more than that, you know, it's the people who are doing it uh, for these other reasons, you know, for social for social benefits, for health benefits. Saving their lives, as you said. I mean, those people are feel a connection that that you know I I probably don't even really fully get. You know, I've been on a few social rides, but you know, like when you see these um, these dudes, for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, they come they 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 came by me yesterday. I think it was or the morning before, mm-hmm. talking like nothing, you know, and and just w- w- breezing past me, but. <laughs> And it just seems so interesting because you never know how far they come from. They could yeah. be from anywhere. Yeah, because they go so far. Yeah, it one of the one of the running jokes in the in the club. You know, I'm a I'm a real big guy, and one of my one of the uh, what we call one of the OGs, Nick. Uh, you know, we're both big guys, um, and we don't have a cycling physique to say. And when people say, "Oh, that guy's a cyclist," they they look at me and they says, well, "You know what's that fat guy doing in Lycra?" You know. And then at the time when I was riding a lot, um, I would you know pass them up, or they were trying to catch up, and they says, "Hey, that that fat guy could move." So it's you know it's it's deceiving. You could never you know they say you could never judge a book by its cover. Well, I'm 
I'm one of those people. How much? Can I ask how much you lost? Yeah, at 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 one time, so I, I weighed 400 pounds uh, through cycling and swimming. I lost 200 pounds. In wow. 2014, I rode, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that I made a goal or anything. I rode 18,000 miles, wow. and that was amazing because I it wasn't a goal. I didn't do it. There was some friends from the uh, Montebello Bike Coalition, Gilbert out there. He challenged a, a, a lot of us and says, uh, hey, I'm going to start riding 100 miles a, a week. Does that, you guys want to join in? And they said, you know what, let's do it. So uh, I don't know, like 22 people, 22 friends, we started doing it. And we the first year, all, everybody had logged in over the hundred the hundred miles a week hmm. and that i think that was the start of actually jumping me to twelve thousand miles sixteen thousand miles and then in 2014 at, at my peak it was eighteen thousand miles and that was and it wasn't miles like a hundred miles at a time it, w- it was small trips 20 20 miles at a time but every day consistently and um how i got there is so I was commuting from El Sereno to Monrovia, riding my bike every day. And then uh, we were doing a couple of group rides, one in El Sereno on Tuesday nights and then one on uh, Monday nights. Then I started going with the uh, Montebello Bike Coalition on Thursday nights. Then we started a women's group on Wednesday nights. And mm. all of, and then I had the shop rides on Saturday and Sunday. So besides my mileage to and from, Six days out of the week, uh, I was involved with group with group rides, and those group rides range from twenty to thirty miles each. So that's how that's how I accumulated the miles. It wasn't long miles at one time, little little at a time. Although twenty miles for some people is not a short ride. You know what? This this is true. Like right now, um, so I was struggling uh, for so twenty fourteen was my peak. Twenty fifteen in January, I had what's called a sugar crash. And the way I could best e- explain it, I was doing, we were doing a social ride for my birthday and there was about uh, 30 people on the ride. It was on a Tuesday night and we were going down Hun- Huntington Drive from, uh, we left El Sereno, passed Alhambra into South Pass. And all of a sudden it felt like somebody got on a, flipped a, a switch and, and my eyesight completely went bla- blank. Hmm. I could hear everything. I could feel my extremities. I knew what was going on. I just couldn't see. Wow. I started yelling at everybody, get away from me, get away from me. I, uh, and they didn't know. They I had stopped pedaling. Yeah. And they were asking, no, your your chain is up. And and then when I tried to brake, the bike was completely out of control. I, I, I couldn't tell what right or left. I was thinking I was going to the right toward the curb, and I was actually jumping to the left. And a car almost hit me. Uh, there was so many guys that they blocked off the traffic um, for no cars to pass, and then a couple of them grabbed my handlebar and my, and my back and pulled me over to the curb, and a uh, pretty scary, pretty scary thing. And then from there, um, in 2017, for example, I uh, the most I did was 100 miles versus 18,000 miles yeah. a couple of years before. So this year, my goal is to maybe do five, between 500 and 1,000. So I've already started getting back on the bike. I'm feel, I'm, it's exciting to get back on the bike. I'm not, uh, the rides that I'm doing are very, very five-mile rides at a time. But getting, getting back on, and, and I'm loving it. I love the feeling. What, I'm sorry, just out of curiosity, what was the medical 
explanation for what happened? Oh, it's it's called a sugar crash. Sugar so, crash, so that's yeah, what, it's, right. a, it's a sugar crash when you have diabetes. Before, I used to suffer from uh, high sugar levels, and in 2014, I reversed my condition, and now I have low sugar levels. So oh. the last two years, I've been uh, learning how to stabilize where it's not peaks and valleys with my sugar levels, and I you know I I test my sugar. Um, a lot more often now, and it's pretty stable. So now I I feel confident that I could come come back and maybe not do the eighteen mile eighteen thousand miles, but you know if if I could get a a, a thousand miles under my belt, wow, that's that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you're married. Does does your wife share your your pursuit? Yeah, she does. It, we that's how we uh, that's how we met on the on the on the bike. She used to come over to the shop rides and. Uh, that's that's where we met. Yeah, she's in the studio, but she doesn't necessarily have to talk or want to talk. Or anything. <laughs> I just want, don't want to pretend. Yeah. All right, and um, all right. Well, you have a very full bike life. I mean, that's that's probably more than most people. Yeah, you know what? I mean, the, def- obviously, you know, um, you of course you com- you commute all over the place with the bike. Um, I, when I started the bike club, I enjoyed riding so much that a couple of years later, I sold my car. Um, I decided when I when I was able to do 30 miles and still have energy and somebody would say, let's go for a ride and I would still do it. That's when I, I decided, you know what, I don't need the car anymore. I, mm-hmm. I could uh, do all my things. And what did worry me was um, if it was very cold or raining mm-hmm. or if it was very hot, then I said, what am I going to do? And I say, you know what? I have so many friends, people, and this is prior that uh, prior to Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, I have so many friends. I could call any any amount of people, and they'll come and pick me up and take me or give me a ride. So I finally bit the bullet, sold the car, mm-hmm. and that's when you know I could say that uh, my life started. Uh, it's it's been an incredible journey uh, on a bike. Mm-hmm. The bike became it's definitely a lifestyle. It's it's amazing. The people that we meet, the views that we get when you're not in a car, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to give it up. What are some of your favorite routes? Oh, man. You know, Los Angeles, very car, car-centric, but I don't mind riding in, in, in traffic. I don't need a, a bike lane, per se. Um I feel very comfortable riding in 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 traffic. So, um, I mean, the Eastside Bike Club, the ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of the rides start from El Sereno in Northeast Los Angeles. But we've traveled to to Hollywood, to Beverly Hills. We've gone uh, south to toward Long Beach, um, El Monte, the San Gabriel Valley. Um, there's a lot of different streets. Uh, some are exciting. Uh, challenging. I didn't used to like to do heels because, uh, you know, it's it it's hard. It, it makes you sweat, but at the same time, you you realize that heels is a is a is a good thing. It makes you a strong rider, and and your endurance goes up. So um, one, I think one of my most exciting times, and it was something off my bucket list, is to ride up to the uh, Hollywood sign. So oh, yeah. so on a Tuesday night, we we rode up there. And I could honestly tell you the last two miles after we hit that gate and I was going, my legs were were done. And I actually, I was so close and I could see the sign. 
uh, and everybody took off. Um, and then I look up the hill because there was a, a night ride, and you see all the blinky lights going up the hill like a snake. That mm. we had a, a pretty nice crowd, and I says, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And I walked the bike the last mile and a half up the up the hill. Really? It was yeah, just it was I was something that I says, you know what, I don't know if I'm gonna come and do this again. And I got I got to get up there. Mm. So uh, everybody waited for me. And uh, I walked the bike, and it, it just the the view, and just being there uh, at the iconic Hollywood sign, it was something, mm-hmm. something that I'll always cherish and and remember. It was mm-hmm. really cool. So Hollywood sign at night, good bike ride, even if you have to walk the last mile and a half. Uh, yeah, it was it was painful for me. It really it really was, but definitely worth it. So, any other routes? Um, wanna... Well, we. We do a lot of riding in, in the uh, on the river the river paths. We mm-hmm. go to San Marino a lot. Um, we like San Marino. The streets are are wide. They're paved. There's no potholes. We could really uh, smash down down the the road and not really fear that we're going to be hitting any potholes. Mm. And that's that's pretty cool. We love doing doing that. Um, Temple City has some uh, nice. Bike, bike paths. More and more, you know, when we started the Eastside Bike Club uh, 10 years ago, um, there wasn't a lot of bike lanes. It was, we would see, you know, we would see the, the bike lanes in a DMV book, in a picture. And then, mm-hmm. and after it says, well, that doesn't apply to Los Angeles because we didn't have any bike lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more and more, uh, you take a look at the city now in that 10 year period. Yeah, we have a lot of miles of bike lanes now. I, what the mileage is now, I, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's plenty in almost every every uh, community now. Well, what would you say about the last decade or more of in LA for biking? I mean, your career in bikes has really coincided with uh, upsurge in Los Angeles, right? Of of infrastructure building, of people riding. Has it, or is that my impression? No, there's definitely um, more and more that we 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 pay attention to what's going on. Um, it's I think cyclists have always been in the streets, and it's like if I were to tell uh, any of our listeners, "Hey, on your way to work today, how many blue cars did you see?" Right. And they're gonna on the freeway, they're gonna say, "Well, there's a word for that. They're, they there's don't a term, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what it is, and yeah. they're not gonna know, but I could assure them that there was blue cars on that freeway." And the same thing with cyclists. So the people, there's a lot of people that says, you know, there's a, a cyclists don't don't even use the bike lanes. Why are we building them? And no, they're wrong. They really haven't haven't paid attention. Uh, in almost every corner of the city, there's there's bike lanes. So they've always been there. They've yeah. Or well, cyclists have always been there. Yeah. Now yeah. Now and, the lanes are there. Yeah. Now the lanes are there. More. So now because of the lanes, they see you now they say build it and they will come. There's mm-hmm. more cyclists using mm-hmm. it. We we see it, we see it happening. And we said about public transportation too. But now there's this decrease in ridership. I don't know what is that? what is that? Is that real? Because every time I ride the Gold Line, it's just packed. It's packed, right? Yeah. And and uh, Emma rides the Gold Line every day from Union Station to uh, to Asusa. So oh. she, she's it's always packed. One of the things that uh, does uh, bother me, I think, the rider the ridership that they're talking about. I think, uh, in my opinion, I think it has to do with public safety. There's been a lot of incidents uh, around the stations, in the trains, and hmm. I think people are people are, are scared. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I think that's part of the the the, the problem that that Metro is is having. Hmm. There's been uh, 
uh, I could tell you now that I live 200 feet from a metro, uh, the uh, live. So you live right next to the shop. Well, you know what? I call the shop. <laughs> I call the shop my home because I'm there seven days a week. So when you say live, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, because I'm there all the time. Okay. But I could honestly tell you, without a doubt, I I get two people a week minimum of. Uh, their bikes got stolen from the metro station mm. or from the target that's right there or their wheels or their saddle got stolen and i mean yeah i want to i want to sell i want to sell and repair but not not because of course uh they you know they were taken advantage of their bike was stolen um when i was in uh monrovia monrovia and arcadia both had uh bike thefts and and people would come a mile away carrying their bike without their tires or without a saddle and they're looking for the seat post and a saddle or, you know, whatever was, was stolen or else their, their bike was stolen. So I just thought it was uh, maybe those two stations. Then you hear everything happening in Hollywood along the blue line, um, the red line, and then now that I'm here in, in, a, in Asusa. So I hear what what goes on in the Asusa and the Citrus station and there's bike theft Uh it's really out of control. Hmm. The bad thing, Nick, is um, the people who come in, I ask them, did you guys make a police report? And 98% is the answer is going to be no. Why bother? Yeah, exactly. The, the, the con- and, I, and I ask them, why didn't you do that? And he says, you know what? I'm not going to get my bike back. I'm not going to get my wheels back. I'm not going to get that saddle, the Brooks saddle, whatever, whatever. But you whatever. hear these stories of people getting their bikes back all the time. Yeah, you do. You do hear it. And, and you hear people finding them on Craigslist, a lot of them on OfferUp, and they'll make an arrangement, and they'll steal their bike back. Yeah. So, I mean, but it, it happens. So, um, but there's no um, – one of the things that this conversation comes along, people ask me, is there a centralized base where we could uh, – you know, uh, log in our our bikes. Where uh, if it gets stolen, everybody will know. And I said, no, there 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 is no there is no such thing. There, I know there's uh, apps that have tried to connect everybody, mm-hmm. but it's crazy. So, um, I remember when I was in Monrovia, somebody would come in with a bike, and they would uh, want to trade trade up for another one. And I said, okay. So the first couple of times, I would call Monro- uh, the Mon- Mon- Monrovia Police Department. And they would do me the favor and, and check it. But they says, Carlos, we can't do this for all the bikes. And after he, and he says, and because it's not showing up here, maybe it wasn't reported here. Maybe it was reported in Duarte, Arcadia, Irwindale, neighboring mm-hmm. co- communities. But the agencies, they're not, they're not going to be, they're not, yeah, they're not going to be tracking this stuff down. Huh. So there is, that's part of the problem of uh, yeah. bike, bike theft. There is no centralized way. I know there's a lot of, uh, over the years, a lot of people have talked about maybe developing a system nationwide, but uh, it's it's a complicated issue. <coughs> and and, uh, and I don't know I, my serial number of my bike. I don't keep it. You don't. So uh, one of the things. Well, now now I'm going to try to remember to do that. <laughs> so one of the things when somebody comes to us and and they and they purchase a bike, one of the one of the process besides uh, telling them about the bike is we have them, um, and this is a great tip for any cyclist out there. You have a bike new or used. Take a picture of your bike and make sure that the you, you go against a wall, a blank wall, so the bike stands out. Mm. <coughs> De- details on the bike. And then what we do is we get um, the serial number, mm-hmm. the color of the bike, 
And then we go into what kind of shifters does it have? You know, what is it Shimano shifters? Is it an mm -hmm. eight speed, nine speed? And then the actual, is it Altegra, Dura Ace, you know, whatever, Altis, whatever, whatever it is. Then we look at the tires, the wheels. Okay, it has 26 inch wheels, 700 series wheels. Uh, a 24 count, 30, 30 count, 36 count, how many, the uh, spokes. Mm -hmm. So we put that in. If the spokes are silver, if they're black, if it's silver nipples, black nipples, purple nipples, uh, the, you know. Uh, so we give as much detail as we, as we can. Mm -hmm. and, we're, and we're inputting this. So we, we have the clients um, get their phone, create a brand new contact on their phone, and you, they're going to name it, okay, this is Carlos's bike. And then under that bike, the photograph that we took, that'll be the 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 cover there. And then we go on, on uh, under the notes, and we says, okay, this is a a twenty fourteen Schwinn mm -hmm. bike, purple bike, green green tires, whatever whatever it is. But all those details that I talked about, the brand name of a saddle, if it's an expensive saddle, whatever it is, as much detail as you can, including the serial number, you put that in there in your contact list you e email that to you, to yourself and to your to your friends your 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 family members if the bike gets stolen and say if you have a backpack and say your backpack and your bike gets stolen mm -hmm. you could go to the police station go to a library pick up get that email from a a, a friend's phone get that email and you could immediately forward that email that description of your bike to the police agency. Mm -hmm. Now they have detail, serial number, color, how many spokes, a lot of detail that you would ask a bike theft about that bike. They would have no clue. And here you have everything. Right. So it's a, I mean, it improves. It's not, it's not a full proof thing, but it definitely improves your chances of uh, recovering your bike. Is there a form somewhere with uh, you know, with all this information that you would be asking for, that you know what we have a, a spreadsheet at the mm. at the at the shop mm -hmm. um, that we do when we give our uh, classes. We actually we act part of the class, the bike safety class and mm -hmm. stuff. We do uh, we go we have everybody do the do the exercise, take a picture of their bike, when flip it class? over. Um, you know, we uh, you could see it on our uh, on our Facebook pages. So we have bike touring classes, bike commuter classes, bike safety, uh, bike mechanic classes. Um, through our Facebook page, we, we just, uh, if you like the Stan's Bike Shop page, and you'll be able to uh, uh, see when the class is, when the community rides, and when any other thing that we're doing. That's Very how, that's how we good. get the word out. You have a lot of classes? Sounds uh, like. Yeah, well, we have, okay, we have the bike safety. We have uh, bike touring 101. We have the commuter classes, and then we have the kids, the kids uh, rodeo. So, yeah, we have at least, at least four that, that we give. And then we have the bike um, uh, mechanic, how to change a tire, how to how to maintain your bike. Great. Yeah. And so you're a new bike shop owner, relatively, right? Two yes. Years? Yes, I am. Uh, relatively, yes. And it's kind of uh, I came in in a in a time in the bike industry where um, the last I would say the last two years, three years, a lot of bike shops are closing we had uh what was our friend's name out in uh orange TG 20 TG. yeah yeah that was you know i uh i i knew of him we weren't we're not great friends but i knew the good work he was doing in this mm -hmm. in this area yeah. in the hollywood area or um and you know joseph with the flying pigeon there's been a, a lot of shops a lot of good mom and pop shops that have that have closed uh this last this last year there was like 
five or six that I knew personally. Wow. Um, and that and that's a lot. And uh, I mean, a lot of it is because uh, internet sales. Uh, but you know what? The internet, they're not going to. Uh, you're not going to be able to do uh, the the taco ride. You're not going to be able to do these bike safety classes. You're not going to be able to do these community rides and make new friends. You know, uh, uh, independent bike shop offers so many things that the internet doesn't. Mm. And there's, um, I've been blessed. Uh, people appreciate what we do for the community, the advocacy work. These, you know, going to city hall, going to a politician, and bringing up topics, they see what we do, and people have come across town. I mean, when you go across Los Angeles, you you pass a lot of bike shops, like you like 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 you said earlier, mm-hmm. and they'll go out of their way uh, to go across town to come to my shop, and uh, I ask him, you know, why, and he goes, you know what, I believe in, I believe in in what you do for the community, mm-hmm. and it just. Uh, when we hear that and we see that type of support, it just makes us try try harder. Wow. Yeah. And and I think the word community is really important. I think, you know, people are looking for for how bike retail can survive, and I think that's the answer. I mean, you just it, it, said it. Yeah. I, you know what? Uh, one of the things that we, in the in the bike world, and when you go to um, Interbike and they do seminars, they, they talk about, that's uh, called Building Tribes. And building tribes is actually brand, branding yourself where, um, you know, what's going to make you different from the other shops. So I'm a very, very small shop uh, compared to a, a corporate store like InCycle, uh, Performance, Hallens, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a chain store. They have they have a lot of different stores. Um, they, they have some great mechanics. Uh, we got great, great mechanics. Um, when... People come to our shop, it feels like home. It feels like it's somewhere that they're welcome. It doesn't matter if if you're in a $50 uh, bike that you got at a garage sale or you're coming in in a $10,000 bike. We treat you you the same. We treat you. We're not looking at income levels. We're we're just uh, happy to see people on a bike. So you get kids coming in? Yes. And a matter of fact... uh, we, uh, in the matter of fact, t- today was was very cool. Um, there's the principal, uh, Laura Clark from Dalton Elementary there in Asusa. Uh, she came in early, uh, or right before school started, and she says, "You know, Carlos, I'm the principal over here." She introduced herself, and she says, "I want I want to do something to uh, in uh, make an incentive for the kids to stay in in class and get good grades." So I said, "One of the things uh, we want to do is." Uh, we want to uh, offer a bike to a student who has perfect attendance. People who have perfect attendance, they go into a raffle, and one of them is going to get a chance to win a bike. And he goes, could you help us out with that? So she, they had a they had a very small budget, and I said, you know what, we'll make it work. I said, when it's when it's time, it happens. So that so September comes in, she tells me they're doing it. And just to, to today, during lunch, the principal came over. She goes, Carlos, I'm ready for the bike. She already knew that we had it. We prearranged it. So uh, she came and picked up the bike. She paid for it, and then we we gave a, a bicycle donation and told them that the kids welcome to come to the you know whoever whoever that kid was to come to the shop, and then we're gonna give them you know get them involved with the bike safety classes and and try to do some uh, me- me- mentoring to the kids. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah it was pretty exciting, and that's how we build community. That's how you know we 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 take care of each other. We don't want. 
if we get people on a bike, we want to make sure that they're following following the rules. They're keeping the self safe, keeping pedestrians safe, and and not and not get hit. Yeah, it's important it's to us. Have you heard about the? I, I t- I'm a middle school teacher and yes. seventh grade, and um, they I have a bike club at school. Awesome. Which is not easy because I don't I know almost nothing about <laughs> maintaining or bike safety or you know I just know how to get to work on a bike and other places I want to go. <laughs> but but so you know I need to really takes probably take some classes and things like that. But if you were like running a bike club. A school bike club, yes, in seventh for seventh graders and and middle school. What what do you think you would do? Well, I, it's actually uh, something very int- interesting. Some of the members of the Eastside Bike Club are teachers. They're in uh, their high school and grade and grade school and middle school teachers. One of them, James Chavez. I don't know what school district he's in. LAU. He's in Montebello School District. He is, I would call, an innovator when it comes to what he's doing with the kids. So he rides his bike. Uh, right now, he's actually doing, uh, a, uh, he calls himself James Chavez 365. So he's he's on his bike 365. Mm. So he, he goes to work, and he, everything that he does is on the bike. And he started a little bike club there. So the kids, he has a connection with the kids that the other teachers don't have because of that bicycle. Mm-hmm. They respect him. He he comes and he hangs the bike there, all the other kids. And then he'll go and do bike rides with them. He'll help them uh, fix the bikes, if mm-hmm. any, anything like that. He's been, uh, you know, a pretty good role model. Other teachers look at him. And a couple of them have jumped jumped on the bike as oh, well. Great. So it's it's pretty neat to to see what him and and Stephanie uh, Galindo she tries to motivate kids with the you know with the bike as well. So yeah, there's a uh, I mean that's something that if a teacher did that for for me, it's something that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. What school did you say? Um, she's with the Montebello School District. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you don't need to blow blow up his privacy like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I I could totally see that happening. And um, did you know that the LAUSD is is, ro- is going to roll out a bike in a bicycles and PE program? No, I had no idea. Never. The first time I'm hearing about it. Thirty schools are going to get uh, bikes for their PE departments um, starting in the fall. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, and they're going to need all kinds of, I guess, training uh, for their PE teachers. Uh-huh. So you might want to look into that. You know, you ever I meet certainly will. Tana Ball? No. She's the one who got the grant for the LASD. She used to be a professional writer in LA or San Diego. Uh-huh. And it's like a, like almost one and a half million dollar grant and Trek is providing the bikes. Wow. Yeah. For next, for next fall. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into it. Did, did they did they already decide what schools and Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm I'm going to look into that. Yep. That's yeah, very cool. Doing. Um, so what else? What did we not cover? It's it's Oh, so so the 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 movie, so the movie's going to be uh shown in 300 uh theaters uh on the same day which is Wednesday uh February the 21st at oh. 6:30 wow. so even in 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 Canada in Europe in Australia and the United States everyone's going to see that film at the same time in their in their 
a prospective time time zone, huh. and it's a new it's a new way of of watching films. Usually, an independent film would have to go to the smaller theaters, and it's scattered. It's pretty hard to find. Most of the independent theaters they're not well taken care of. Um, there's a new company, a distribution company. It's called Demand Film, mm-hmm. and it's a, a crowdsourcing way of public demanding uh, films to be shown at major theaters across the country. Um, it was funny because when I was talking to the theater where we're having our our, uh, our red carpet event, I started talking to the theater manager, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Who's who's this distribution company, and what's the name of the movie?" And 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 after I said, "You know what," I says, "I understand this is brand new to you. It's 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 the first time they're doing it in the United States at mm-hmm. at this level." Mm-hmm. So I said, "I understand." I says, "Let's just give it a couple of days, and then and sure enough, a couple of days within a week, he calls me up. He goes, "Hey, you were right. Corporate called us up. This is happening," and he was real excited. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, so it's a crowd. It's it's called crowdsourcing. The name of the company is called Demand Film, and it's a way for independent filmmakers to be able to show their movie in major theaters uh, across the country and cool. pretty much around the world. Uh, L.A. Yeah. So um, in in California, they're just in California. I'm guessing there's going to be like 30, 30 uh, theaters showing it. We're having our uh, grand. Uh, a screening at uh, the Alhambra Theater on uh, Main Street and Garfield. Okay, and um, great. And I guess you can look it up on a website. Yeah, we have it on our uh, on our Facebook page, or you could go to demandfilm.com and then look, click on the Mammal button, and you'll see all the different theaters. And then the the first one under California, under Al- Alhambra, it'll 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 be us. And it's great. It's a great uh, topic, and uh, great. it's also the, the the new way of seeing a movie. And here we have a caller on the line. Hi. Who's this? Hi. How you My doing? My name is Tim. I'm in, I'm, uh, in uh, Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. And you're listening to our stream. I am right now. Great, great. And did you know, how did you, do you know Carlos? I do know Carlos. I have oh ridden God. with the club. This is your life. <laughs> it, this is Tim McGrath. Tim, how are you? I'm wonderful, Carlos. How are you? Oh, doing well. Doing a lot. You just put a smile on my face, Tim. Thank you for calling in. Carlos Carlos is my hero because he he makes me remember that with my disabilities physically... Uh, he continues to challenge himself and just go beyond. Hmm. And it's just been a privilege to ride with him uh, over the years. Um, unfortunately, now I'm, I'm down in Texas, and but I am going to go see the movie, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I think people need to really realize that when... When you have challenged your your body over all the years and, and maybe can't do all the things that you used to do, that now getting on a bicycle, uh, you can still go and do those things. Not to the same extent, but you can still feel free. And uh, Carlos taught me that. And I really, I have always appreciated that. Wow. Thank, thank you, Tim. Thank you. You're... 
Hey, Carlos. <laughs> You're bringing tears to my eyes. Thank you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, how, how's Texas? Uh, Texas is wonderful. Um, uh, unfortunately, they have a bit of a, uh, a faster speed limit here, so I don't feel quite as comfortable riding on the streets. Everybody says in, in, in L.A., uh, boy, it's, it's tough. You, you feel uncomfortable riding on the streets with some of the drivers. Uh, the two main roads my, uh, next to my home are one has a speed limit of 70 and the other one has a speed limit of 55, 60. Wow. So uh, wow. one at least has a full lane as a riding lane. However, the other one only has a one-foot space as a riding lane. Wow. So hmm. it's, 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 it's very, very different. But um, you, you start to learn how to, how to find other places. And I always look forward to coming back to, uh, to California and ride, and, uh, at, least to, at least see Carlos and, and be part of the group. And uh, this, this movie really meant a lot to me, too, as I was interviewed uh, for some time about why I got involved. And I used to race motorcycles, and the damage that I had done to my body at that point in time um, kept me from really exercising or doing anything else. And I went into Carlos's shop, and I, I felt comfortable. I was able to... Feel like yeah, I can get back on a bike and ride again, um, and that that was the wonderful feeling. Everybody has a place, um, a comfort level when riding with these groups, and that's that's they don't they don't put anybody you know and oh you you can't you can't ride with us. No, they say come on, let's go and ride. We're all going to make it. Hmm. It's it's a no drop policy. Yes. And that is the greatest part. That's what keeps it, nah, that's the familia. Well, um, that's a, this is amazing. You're the first uh, caller, caller since we, uh, this is our first streamed show. And that was a great call. I mean, great that you could call in. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you I'm, I'm glad I happened to see it. Carlos, I'll see you in a month, buddy. All right. Thank you. Looking forward to it, bud. And okay. enjoy the uh, red carpet. Thank you. Good night, Tim. Okay. Take care. Good night. Well, that was cool. Yeah, Amazing. it was. Yeah. What, a, what a surprise. So earlier I was talking about when I had that sugar crash. Actually, Tim and his daughter is the one who actually uh, got me. They came and picked me up in a car and then took took me to go meet the rest of the group. So mm-hmm. Tim and right. I established a, a special bond. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Thanks for coming in, and uh, thanks for telling us about the movie and your shop and everything in the club and and your thoughts. You know, uh, thanks for having me again. It's always a, a pleasure to be able to uh, connect with the cycling community and uh, update people what's what's going on. So uh, I guess uh, if you get a chance, come and look at the movie, and better still, if you get a chance, get on that bike. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. 
go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 